Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Quirky Corporate Chicks podcast. We are your hosts, Dana Foster and Sherry Hayes, corporate life coaches in private practice. We focus on people who follow their passion and how their lives have been impacted. Real stories, real entrepreneurs, and lots of laughter as we look at where life has taken us. Hi, everyone. It's Sherry, and I am so excited. It's our first in-person podcast uh, to be interviewing Steph McGrath, Managing Director of Something Wicked, uh, handmade lingerie in the UK, made by women, for women, uh, girl power. Uh, and we are just absolutely delighted. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. Welcome. You. Here in New Jersey, actually. Which is, uh, I'm a Jersey girl. Very excited. <laughs> So, Steph, why don't you uh, share a little bit about your personal story, uh, just sort of how you came about into the brand? Sure. So, I've had um, an interesting kind of career path um, uh, with lots of different changes along the way. So, um, I started out in um, marketing and advertising originally um, when I graduated from university in Hull. Um, and then my first job was in advertising. Um, when I got married and got pregnant, I wanted to be at home with the children. So I worked from home and set up um, a small company uh, selling play mats um, and importing them. Then when my children started school, I wanted to be there for them. So I had a complete career change, did a PGCE teacher training course and um, worked as a primary school teacher for several years. Um, then at the point where they were uh, at high school, I thought, this is my time now. I want to do something uh, for me to get back to my marketing roots. Um, and that's when the opportunity came up uh, to get involved with something wicked. That's fantastic. I love how you like changed your life to, to fit everything that you were passionate about to like make the shift from one stage to the next. That's yeah. really cool. And lots of people think, oh, you know, in terms of changing careers and doing different things and, you know, that whole, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm, you know, still deciding, still on that journey. <laughs> um, so we still we. don't know. We still don't know. But I oh, think that's... in terms of, you know, all those different um, job roles, everything from you know being a mom to being a teacher to working in advertising to, to running a company now. The skills are so transferable between all those things. That's what people don't realise. They go, oh, I couldn't do that because I've you know I, I don't have any experience. And actually, you can. The things that you do and the challenges that you face are very transferable. Yeah, statistically, uh, when I read about like women and you know <clears throat> the gender gap and everything like that, a lot of that is just women don't believe in themselves. Yeah, uh, that <clears throat> that men they only have to qualify for like fifty percent of the the job qualifications, whereas women are like I have to have a hundred percent of it. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think that's a, that's a valuable point to bring up that there's lots of things that you don't even realize transfer, and you don't have to have a hundred percent of it figured out. So. So would you tell us a little bit more about when you took over the company and the direction that you wanted to take it? Like what, what was going through your head about what you wanted the brand to stand for or have it embody? Sure. So it's interesting coming into um, running a business and running a brand um, that's obviously it's a lingerie brand, you know, high-end boudoir lingerie. 
not having a lingerie background, some people might have thought, wow, that's, you know, that, that doesn't seem to make sense. That's sort of, you know, what, what do you know about lingerie? But in terms of my marketing background, it, you know, it, it's a product like any other product. And you, you know, find out and immerse yourself in that world. And not coming from a lingerie background has actually been the best thing, in my opinion, because you're, you know, you're not, you don't have any restraints. You don't have a directive. <laughs> you don't go, you know, this is how it's always done. In my mind, it's like, is it? I don't, you know, I don't know how it's done. So I need to do what feels right for the brand, what feels right for me. Um, and you, you almost, you don't know what you can't do. So you just carry on and do it. So in that sense, it was, you know, the, the bit that was really exciting for me was that we manufactured in-house and that became a passion of mine, looking at the actual production, creating jobs, people, you know, actually making and manufacturing in the UK where the majority of other brands are outsourcing to factories in, you know, China or Turkey, wherever. And that's the bit, that's the bit to me that, that it's exciting, um, that job creation and that passion to create within uh, the company and not never outsource it. So we, you know, not only is all the lingerie handmade in-house, but the accessories are handmade by a female saddler um, in the UK, wherever possible, we use UK suppliers um, and we um, use uh, companies that manufacture in the UK. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And as far as when you're bringing on women to work with you, because you said, you know, it's for women, by women, made by women. Yeah. What, are, what are some of the most important things that you are looking for that you hope to cultivate within them? I think for us, because we are a small independent brand. And, you know, when you're working with a small number of people it's not like a, you know some kind of big corporate environment where pe you know people can get lost there's only a few of you so you need to work really really well together and for me you know a big part of it is looking at those individuals and making sure that you know whatever they whatever motivates them that you tap into that whether they are really ambitious or you know not everybody's ambitious some people um would you know uh, like the comfort of knowing exactly where they are and want to work within that sort of confined uh, arena but some people are very ambitious so it's really understanding what makes those people tick keep them motivated keep them happy you know in our in the studio it's very much um you know, I call it like a sort of an open door. People come in for cups of tea all the time. And, and <laughs> we literally go, whether it's the DHL delivery men or the postman or, you know, the maintenance people or the, uh, the people from the management company, literally people drop in for cups of tea all the time. And it is very much that environment. It's, you know, it will, it's very welcoming and it's very warm and um, everybody's, you know, valued um, in terms of their, of their time and their contribution. So, um, yeah, it's just creating a nice environment because, you know, we, we spend more time at work than we do at home with our own family. So you've got to make it count and, and be, you know, a really nice atmosphere to be in. Otherwise, like, what's the point of, you know, dragging yourself in every day? <laughs> now, uh, what you just said reminded me of what we, we had chatted a little bit before we actually had started the interview. And you mentioned a story 
about the postman coming in. Would you care to share that? Well, it was actually, it was an electrician. It was oh, sorry, electrician, yes. Yeah. So in the studio, we have all these amazing campaign shots of, you know, of, you know beautiful models in, in the lingerie. And, you know, it's what, if you see it all the time, it becomes almost like wallpaper to you. Um, and an electrician came in, and his, when people come in for the first time, they're sort of, their jaw drops a little bit, and they look around, and you kind of go, are you... <laughs> You're okay and then you're like oh they're just looking at the photos for the first time okay <laughs> um, and this electrician came in one day and he literally stopped looked around and he looked at me and said wow how do you know what men want and I have to say just come and sit down for a minute I need because to- <laughs> I was like right so all this lingerie, it's for women. It's designed for women and it's made by women and it's to make people feel amazing. And we call it our Under Armour. And when you wear it, you feel special, you feel empowered. If you like it, good for you. But we don't like <laughs> it just for you. And it was just a bit like, oh. <laughs> but um, it was quite interesting that that's, in his mind, that's how, you know, that's the point of lingerie. It's for it's for you know men's enjoyment whereas we're coming from the angle of actually no it's to empower you it's to make you feel amazing in your own body and it really does you know we we say when you wear it you you feel special you feel amazing and it's it's for you yes and then that shows up to to men right they see this confident sexy attractive woman but that's just because that's how she feels on the inside. So exactly. that's what shows up on the outside. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love that story. I, I love the word Under Armour. I think that that's, um, you know, I, uh, I'm i interviewing, you know, for different jobs at different points. And, you know, I had heard uh, someone tell me a long time ago, you know, wear your best underwear when you go for a big meeting yeah. because you feel empowered. And it's true. And, you know, the idea that, you know, this is a brand by women for women, you know, that you go in and it's not something that you wait for valentine's day or you wait for someone to give it to you yeah. you go in and you buy you know sexy knickers and all that yeah. stuff and you can wear it and you don't have to have a partner i mean i'm sure your partner loves it but <laughs> and they love it when it's off as well but you know it's <laughs> it's that you know you feel glamorous and i think that the style it's very vintage that you from what i see in the brand yeah i think it's you know every piece is very wearable um, and you know, and comfortable to wear. So it is edgy, um, but it's not, you know, some brands, you know, are very out there and it would be quite difficult to wear under clothing. So all our pieces, you can wear it under clothing and it is designed to to be worn, um, you know, for longer periods of time, but it does make you feel amazing once it's on. The leather harness too. Wow, yes. under the clothes. Yeah, that's so it is. It is very edgy, and we always say it looks nice from the front, but even nicer from the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, as you know, I'm a huge lingerie fan. So this is just I'm so chuffed that we're able to have you on here. Uh, so uh, just turning back a bit to sort of um, the feeling around uh, working as an entrepreneur, particularly with only a staff of, you have four people that you yeah. work with, and then you're soon to bring on a garment tech. Yeah. So you'll be five. So that is quite uh, a small yeah. set. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're, um, it, like I say, it's really important to get the right people around you um but then obviously 
you know, it's making sure that they're, everybody's happy um, and motivated. So when you're running the business and it does fall on your shoulders, it can be really, really isolating. Um, and especially because we're, we, you know, producing house and it's very easy to get really bogged down with the, the day-to-day goings on, constantly having to remind yourself to take a step back come out of it so you can see it from a different point of view and it sounds really crazy but there have been times when you know it's been really uh, sort of hectic and challenging and I've taken a step back and I've actually said to myself what would I tell myself to do if it would you know what would I what would I say to me so you have yeah. to almost really take a, a big step back because otherwise it can swamp you um so the kind of aerial view of where yes. you are yeah. yeah what advice would i give myself because you're so in the moment so you have to create that time to always think forward so you know 50 percent of what you do is now but 50 percent of your energy should be what's happening next so being able mm-hmm. to separate the two Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's very, you know, that's the entrepreneur mindset. You can mm-hmm. look back. I mean, you look back in a, from a standpoint of what have, learned, learned? What have you learned? Yeah. But, you know, that, that's actually what we focus on mm-hmm. a lot with our clients because people tend to get bogged down. What did I do? What have, what, what's wrong? What has caused this? Well, you can look at the root cause, but if you don't learn from it and then take action to change and yeah. move on, then you know you're not gonna you're not gonna grow absolutely and I, I yeah. do think it's you know it's even if you make a mistake you've got to look at it as that was still a valuable experience because the next time I'm faced with that challenge or that situation I would know what to do so you know don't like you say don't look back and don't always think oh I shouldn't have done that or why did why did that happen it's kind of well I know you know I know for next time it yeah. is or it is just part of the learning experience on that journey, for sure. And then I think that's really valuable advice. I mean, not even just for entrepreneurs, but anybody in life, that sometimes when you find yourself in that, the mess or the thick of things, and you just, you get kind of caught up in the emotions and feeling overwhelmed to be able to pull yourself out and almost, you know, they say move to your more logical prefrontal cortex part of your brain and, you know, be able to make decisions and say, okay, well, okay, there's a lot going on. How, you know, what would I say to myself or, you know, let's like step back and go for a walk for a minute so that you can actually be creative again and like not feel that over that feeling of overwhelmness. So I think that's a really valuable, valuable insight to share. So, yeah. So what actually would, speaking of advice, uh, what would be some advice you would give yourself when you first started that you've learned since launching the brand? I think to, to sum it up, it's been a really interesting two years and I, you know, I talk about it as a roller coaster. The highs are really high, the lows are really low. Um, but I would, you know, have said to myself, just go for it. Just absolutely go for it and don't hold back and think, oh, what if that doesn't work or what? Because you know it's only when you you really sort of go for it that you things will happen um and even if you know something goes wrong it's like i said it's it's still valuable so yeah go for it don't um waste time worrying about should i do this or should it if it feels right go with your gut feeling Mm. if you really understand your brand you really understand you know what you're doing um 
what feels right for you. Every everyone's experience will be different. Everyone's company will be different. Everyone's journey will be different. But be be true to what you believe in and make those decisions accordingly. And yeah, sometimes you know you think, oh, wow, I should have done that sooner. Just go for it. Yeah, that's what I'd say. <laughs> cool. Well, why don't so. Uh, I guess just to wrap up a bit, why don't you tell us uh, sort of where you are, what's sort of the next six months to a year plan for something like it and where we can find you here in the US? Yeah, so basically the last um, year I launched to trade um, about a year ago um, and did the big Paris trade show. So the last 12 months has very much been a focus on the wholesale side of things and getting into stockists and boutiques. And we're actually in uh, 14 different countries um, now. Wow. Um, and so the next 12 months is more of a focus on um, the direct side. So on our e-commerce website, um, it's you know getting this sort of online orders directly but before I could focus on that it's, it's looking at getting out in boutiques and having a presence and so the next phase is very much um, the direct um, sales side of things. Very exciting. So where can we find you here in New York? So we have a stockist in New York called um, Darkest Fox um, who is online um, and yeah I'm here this week to do a few more stockist visits so yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep you posted. We might be uh, adding a few more stockists on the list. And uh, Coco de Mer, can yes, so Coco de Mer in London, yeah. um, and through uh, a boutique called Dolce Folly through um, on Farfetch platform. Um, we're in, we've, you know, got various um, independent boutiques around the world. In you know, in the Netherlands, Senses in the Netherlands, and Zuzu in Rome, and there's, there's a list of. Um, of stock is sort of worldwide so we're, we're aiming for a global domination oh well definitely got <laughs> the under armor for domination for sure uh, well listen this has been absolutely amazing thank you so much Steph for coming in it's a pleasure it's been great to meet you both. yes we uh we love inspiring women like you and we can't wait to hear sort of where the brand goes uh you can find something wicked www somethingwicked.co.uk I recommend the website mm -hmm. maybe not checking it at work um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very glamorous and uh, thank you for listening to Quirky Corporate Chicks you can find us hashtag Quirky Corporate Chicks and uh, www.quirkycorporatechicks.com this is Sherry Hayes and my co-host Dana Foster thank you thank you everyone <laughs>